0: i'm jim brown your bible teacher at grace and truth ministries i'm teaching through a series on wednesday and saturday i've decided to stay with it because there's so much to it it's about demons there's no such thing as demons that's man's imagination and his invention because he doesn't want to be accountable to god he doesn't want to repent of himself and his own sin I put this up here because I'm going to try to explain to you and document documentation where the doctrine of demons began. Demons are a myth. They're not true. The Pharisees started this teaching, I might add, in their halakha. Now the Halakha was here. Halakha started back after the Persians overthrew Persians overthrew Babylon. When I say Persians, that sounds like some faraway land where they have flying carpets and and um, genies, and and they did. They had that and. But Persia is the same thing as Iran. Afghanistan. I'll just put Afghan. Turkestan. All the stands. Afghanistan, Turkestan, any of those that was that was Persia. Well this is not working. Somebody's gotta come up here and help me get this working. Okay, Mike, can you come up here and get this working? I'll get back to my, all right, we're talking about demons, Persia is the same thing as Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and all the stands, that would be Persia, Babylon is the same thing as Iraq, that's Iraq, is it, you got it working there, nope. you know, okay, Babylon's the same thing as Iraq. Well, Babylon overthrew Iraq in 539. Babylon over excuse me, Persia overthrew Babylon in 539 B.C. And we're talking about where this demons came from. It came out of the ancient world. The reason Israel was scattered throughout the world was because when they were scattered, that was because all the time they were a nation under kings and under judges, they went after the sun and tree gods, Baal, Grove, Shemash, Molech, and the list goes on and on. Baal was the sun god or the god of fire, and the grove was the tree goddess, always represented by the moon, and they were scattered all over the world and they were a nation for they were a nation for 500 years 500 years under kings and from first kings that's when they really got involved in the sun worship first kings and down through second chronicles samuel kings and chronicles by the Jews was called one book. They called it the book of the kings. Now, they were scattered, and while they were over here in Babylon, this is where all of this started. This is where these things got loose. There had been many idol idol worshipers over here in Israel, and before Israel, all the pagans were worshiping God's, and they called their gods D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Daimonion, and sometimes it would be a variation of the word daimonion. Sometimes it would be D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A, daimonia. They would have a variation on the ending, but they... You get the word demon from daemonion, and that's what Israel got in trouble for worshiping, and they called all their gods in the ancient world, they called their gods by the title of demons. Now, it started back in the ancient world. Now, I want to show you some of the verification that I've got on demons and what they were. I'm trying to blend the Old Testament with the New to show you how it blends together in these demons. You're going to see casting out devils in the New Testament. Cast out devils. It's working. Cast out devils. And when the Bible speaks of casting out devils, that word devil is always the word D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Demonion. And you've got two words for that. devil. You have the word diabolos, D-I-A-B-O-L-O-S. That's the same word in the Greek, in the Spanish, and in other languages. It is, it's, it's, diabolos means a traducer. That is one, one who leads astray, leads astray, and seduces you to leave the truth to leave truth, or you could call that being uh, being uh, uh, deceived and there's two common words for deceived, and the world I believe is deceived about demons because they think it's actually real now in in the ancient world they were preaching this and this is what the pagans served was demons the bible says they did and when you let me give you something that's it's really when i read some of this documentation it's going to sound to you very intellectual intellect is just a word that means to understand well that is understanding what it means When I read some of this documentation, don't think that these guys that invented this this new terminology, it was new to them at the time, and they invented it in order to confuse people. It's like I've talked to Mike. Mike's got an extensive degree in mathematics. And I've talked to Mike, and he said they changed a lot of the terminology in math just to make themselves look good. Uh, sometimes I'll quote an axiom out of algebra in 1955, and he'll say it different, and I'll say, well, I didn't recognize it when you first said it, because it didn't say it that way in the math books. Uh, math book, one uh, one axiom I would, would uh, quote was uh, things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. I don't think that's the way they say it today, but they make it sound more intellectual sounding. So when I read some of this documentation, It may lose you on some words, but I want you to get the gist of where demons come from. It comes out of the ancient world, out of the halakha of the Jews. I'm not going to explain all the halakha. I've explained that already. But I want to give you some things. I want to show you. Uh, Okay, okay, if I need it. I want to give you some things on demons. Cast demons are the same thing. I keep saying this: demons. demons are the same thing as genies. Genie is spelled with two eyes. A demon and a genie are the same thing, because the Jews called these gods demons or daimonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. And the, the Arabs, if you cross the border and go into a Muslim country, what the Jews called demons, the Arabs called genies. Genies. Or whenever they wanted to talk about a multiple number of genies, they would call it jinn, J-I-N-N. So whenever you see Jinn, that means more than one genie. That's very important because I I'm want to tell you a story about that. And then the Romans, what the Jews call demons, the the Romans would call genius. And you will see these words interchanged if you read anything about these this terminology in the Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion, 13 volume set it'll go into a convolution of them all they'll be mixed up and the genius is what the romans called romans called the same thing that the the muslims call a genie and by the way the word genie comes from the word gene and that really clears some things up because they said these were their ancestors that they elevated to gods and they were gods in the ancient world well that's what the Romans called genius and you'll see this, this terminology just going back and forth through any of these articles and you wonder why are they interchanging the names so much then you will see that the, that the Celts the Celts are always connected with the Druids. And this was the English, the English people. And in the Welch, particularly the Welch, in Wales, and you see all of these lucky charms, you've got these little fairies on it. Fairies were the same thing as what they called demons. And you had, and it comes to my mind, i got to go and say it, you had good demons. Good demons and bad demons, bad demons they call this in the ancient world dualism do you e l i s m two it means two it means the good versus the bad in the first century, what we call demons is not it wouldn't even fit with their terminology. They said most of the demons in the first century were good, they got you jobs. In fact, they called Augustus Caesar a good demon because he was ruling the entire civilized world at that time. He was a good demon, you means well. You see that prefix on eulogy, eulogos, well words. Well, the Celts called these... Fairies, boy. When you get into fairies, you get it. They are all over the world. I've got a bunch of books on fairies, and these fairy books, they're talking about the the socialism of fairies, the society of people that had these fairies in their system, and they connected them with totems. And these fairy books, all over Europe, you'll see totem represented in this and totem means kinfolk kinfolk now what i'm going to do is read some paper that i've got out of some of these encyclopedias the hastings encyclopedia of religion and the and strong and some books i've got in my library at home so you got totems you got genius and the the, uh, the Greeks called them, Greeks called them, the Greeks had, they called them guardian angels. Or guardian messengers and said they watched over you and they led you to good fortune. Well, that's what the demons did. They, the word demon, demonion means to distribute fortunes distribute fortunes and that's what totems did what the american indian had totems and they had a totem pole and the totem pole would have animals at each level the head of each uh, head of an animal at each level and if your totem was a wolf on the top of the pole you never killed a wolf because he could be one of your ancestors that was going to take care of you and lead you to good fortune that's what they call the demons it's insanity that they that this has crept into the church when i was a kid in the early 50s 51 52 i was 12 13 years old When I was a kid, none of the Baptists that we went around ever talked about demons. None of them ever talked about it. They didn't believe in it back then. They thought that was a bunch of nutty Pentecostals. Well, it is. Now it's the nutty Baptists along with them because a lot of them believe in it. So this was all ancestor worship. The Jews said the demons was one of their ancestors who had died. Proof of that, you can look at, Hislop's book alexander Hislop's book two babylons he will tell you about dagon the fish god and when the bible talks about dagon in first samuel when when the philistines came and took the ark of the covenant and put it up in the temple of dagon and the next morning the 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 Dagon God was falling down, his hands were falling off, his legs were off, and his, at the second time they put him back up, and his head fell off. Well, that was Dagon, and dog is the word fish in the Greek. I mean the Hebrew, excuse me, fish. daga is plural for fish. So what they did, like Mr. Hislop says, they took Noah and deified this. Since he came out of 270 days, excuse me, 370 days in the ark, that was a great trial. They deified him and said the only mathematics, the only science they had is what he brought out of the ark. So they worshiped Noah as Dog, the fish god, and turned him into an evil god, Dagon. they that's what they did with all of their ancestors when you i heard of the japanese and shintoism when i was a kid but i didn't know everybody else believed the same thing shintoism is ancestor worship in japan they'll have a shelf with all their gods upon the shelf and then if you say would you like to have accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You say, give me a statue of him. I'll put him up here with my other 700 gods. And they would worship him along with it. So what I'm wanting you to understand, this was nothing but ancestor worship. That's all demons was. Let me erase some of this. and Now, I'm going to read some things to you to help you to see this. We We know that demon means distribute fortunes. Somebody wrote me a letter and wanted to know what were these three gifts of Eve and the tree. Well, it wasn't her gifts. It was, it was lust. Well, the, she went to the tree and saw a tree that was good for food that was pleasant to the eye. And this is the, this is, it would make her wise. And this is the, this is the gifts of the distributor of fortunes, what the fairies will lead you to. The amazing thing about these, the fairies go out at night. The demons, according to, according to a set of books I've got called the Judaica, when you look up demons in it, it will tell you that to the Jews the demons went out at night, They had to be back to their lair or their place of abode by dawn. And I'm going to show you the parallel that runs along evil and good. Here's a real good parallel. All of these were night creatures and they loved darkness rather than light oh this is over in john the third chapter isn't it john three twenty, twenty 20 and 21 they love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil this is talking about the evil hearts of evil man that's not talking about demons or genies it's crazy what we've done in the world and pull that into the church and all these crazy people believe it's part of, they're all the same thing. Totems are family, ancestors that have died, that have become gods. And they call them demigods. gods are a demiurge. A demiurge. A demigod was a lesser god. It was a god. It was a god. These were gods that had been in the pantheon of gods. In Rome, a pantheon was a pan. Was one of the ancient demons or gods of the ancient world. And pan was the god of all. Sometimes he was the god of all of the roads and all of the seas and all of... Pan he was the god of all and when you pan an audience what do you do you sweep the audience with a camera when i say revelation is a it's a panoramic picture of all time particularly the 12th chapter panoramic means a picture of all time so that's what that's what pan meant well the gods of the pantheon The Pantheon of Gods was the temple of the gods in Greece or in Rome. That's where they would abide in this mountain. I put mountain up there because that was the residence of the gods, and a mountain was a capital city of an empire. So, so what Eve saw in the tree was a good that was. Here's what they distribute. Here's what these gods all distribute to people in the world. I've said this and I've tried to make it clear to everybody. But Eve saw a tree that was good for food, pleasant the eye, and make her wise. And 1 John 2.16 says, says, all that's in the world, here's everything in the world, all in the world that these demons can distribute to their adherence is the lust of the flesh lust of the eye and the pride of life these exactly equate and equal what Eve saw in the tree, this is everything in the world that these demons will distribute, the lust of the flesh, lust is the word epithumia it means to long for that which is forbidden Well, the tree was forbidden. They were in need of the tree. So it means to breathe hard, to superimpose, epi, to superimpose or to cover with, cover with thumia, T-H-U-M-O-S, thumas, means to breathe hard after i gotta have her i gotta have him. i gotta have that car i gotta have what i gotta have, and it means to breathe hard after boy that's that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. the lust of the eye always gets me because the lust of the eye is idolatry e i d o l o l a t r e i a that's the word idolatry, and the Bible says covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness. I say, do you worship, worship idols? People say no. I say, how do you know? Idolatry comes from ito and la-truo, latreuo. L a t r e u o. Latreuo means to serve. That's funny. That word there is the same word that used in John the sixteenth chapter. Well, some, when they persecute us, they'll think that they serve God. It's that word, serve, la truo. This word idolatry means to serve what you see. Ito means to see. So you fill your eyes full of everything, and then you say, well, the devil made me do it. My God's made me do it. And you don't have to repent of it. Now, that's the truth. Now, and... So, pleasant to the eye would be the lust of the eye, would be epithumia, superimposing this desire to get what you see and breathing hard after it. Have you ever done that? You're lying if you, if you say you hadn't. Because <laughs> there's no temptation you've taking you, but such as is common to me. And I've owned up to my deadly sins. God has just beat the living tar out of me to get my attention. Now, pride of life. That word pride goes right along with wise. Now the common Greek word for wise is sophos. We got our word Sophia from that, our girl's name. It means wisdom or wise. Pride is the word, that word is A-L-A-Z-O-N-I-A. Alejani means self-esteem or self-confidence. You love yourself so much that you've got to have all of these things. These are the three wishes of the genie. That's everything that's in the world. There's nothing else. You can encompass every call you've ever seen, Every girl you've ever seen, every man you've ever wanted, every diamond ring you've ever wanted, it is wrapped up in these three wishes of the genie every everything we wanted after is there now, I said I was going to read some things to you help document this. I've seen some things this week. You say, Jim, you're repeating yourself, I can't say this one time, and for you to get it all i have gone into some things this past week it's just astounding to me i'm going to read some read some things to you i've got a paper here that i got from wikipedia maybe everything wikipedia says is not right but this is exactly on target and i've got other papers i want to read to you this is where i'm saying to you don't let fancy words that they rename something don't let it stymie you because it's just words they made up to make something sound impressionable now this is on demon the original Greek word daemon, deimon D-I-M-O-N, does not carry the negative connotation initially understood by implementation by the implementation of the koine daemonion. Originally, it didn't, it didn't have the same connotation in the first century. Demons were, first of all, they were good. You see, I wrote that word, demonism, eudaemonism, eudaemonion. That word eudaemonion, the writers of the Hastings say that's what America was founded on. It means welfare. It means happiness. It means what is pleasant for the majority is good for all. That's what good demon meant. You can look it up in Webster's Dictionary. In fact, I've got Webster's Definition right up here in front of me. It'll tell you these words. The the reason people don't want to repent is they found an excuse and they say it's a demon. It's like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. No, Flip, it it wasn't the devil, it was you. Let me read on here. In ancient Near Eastern religions, as well as in the Abrahamic traditions, including ancient medieval Christian demonology, a demon is considered an unclean spirit. That's what Jesus called it in Mark, the first chapter. But in Luke, the fourth chapter, it was called an unclean daemonion. Sometimes a fallen angel. That's wrong. It wasn't a fallen angel. The fallen angels are locked in Tartarus, are locked in hell forever till the day of judgment. The and then it says a spirit of a deceased person. That's an ancestor, right? Now let me read some more in here to you. I'm just going to document this. The ancient Greek word, daemon. They got a picture of it here. Looks like a goofy head with some askew body and hands and arms protruding every direction from it that's not a demon that's somebody's wild vivid imagination i use the word imagination that's what the bible says the bible says revelation 17 and 5 babylon mothered all idolatry 17 and 5 Babylon's the mother she birthed idolatry she nurtured idolatry And her doctrine was found in Genesis 11 and 4 when they said, let us build us a city and a tower and here's our doctrine, let us make us a name. The thing is, when they said let us make us a name, the word name is Shem. It's the same exact word all through the scripture. It means authority. Let's make up our own authority. We'll make up our own doctrine. That's where sun and tree worship began. And they had a God. They had a father. They had a father of the gods. They had a mother of the gods. And they had a spirit. So they had their own trinity. And they polluted the real truth. Now let me keep reading this. The ancient Greek daemonion, or daemon, denotes a spirit or divine power much like the Latin genius. There it is. A genius is a gifted person that's smarter than the rest. They got extra things. Or Newman, Demon most likely comes from the Greek verb deistai meaning to divide or to distribute. The Greek conception of demons notably appears in the works of Plato we got this from ancient philosophers he wasn't a Christian Socrates was his student and Socrates the one that wrote the republics he's the guy that did it all where it describes the divine inspiration of Socrates the Greek term does not have any connotation of evil or malevolence in the beginning Malevolence is the opposite of benevolent. Benevolent is doing something for people's benefit. It wasn't malevolent or evil in the beginning. In fact, eudaimonia, the eudaimon, which is what America was founded on, eudaimonia, good-spirited, means happiness. Good demon means happy. The term first acquired its negative connotation in the Septuagint translation of the Hebrew Bible, which drew on the mythology of the ancient Semitic religions. It comes out of the ancient pagan world. This was then inherited by the Koine text of the New Testament, the Western medieval, neo-medieval conception of demon, the medieval Gimor Called the artist Gratia, derives seamlessly from the ambient popular culture of late Roman antiquity. The Hellenistic Deimon, Daemon, D A E M O N. You say, Jim, is it necessary to understand all this? Oh, I believe it is. The Hellenistic demon eventually came to include many Semitic and Near Eastern gods. They called their gods by the title of demon. The supposed existence of demons is the supposed existence. I like that. Supposed existence of demons is an important concept in many modern religions and occultist traditions. Demons are still feared as popular superstition, and they are due to their alleged power to possess living creatures that's what the Pentecostals believe they come down and possess a person and you've got to cast them out then some scholars believe that the large portion of demonology of Judaism a key influence on the Christianity and Islam originated from a later form of Zoroastrianism one of the most ancient of fire worships in the world Zoroaster and were transferred to Judaism during the Persian era. Persia. Oh, when Israel was carried away by Babylon, and Babylon was overthrown by Persia, the Iranians, the, the Afghanistanians, the Pakistanians, that was ancient Persia. When Israel was carried away, now here's what's amazing. I can't give you all this all at once, there's so much to it. Let me see if I can find what I'm. When Persia carried Israel away, you're going to find in Persia, they inherited all of these cherubim from the ancient pagan world. Where did they get them from? I believe when Assyria carried Israel away, these were Jewish concepts gosh how can i say this without going into it so far when noah came out of the ark god says i'm going to form a covenant with you man and with the fowl of the air and with the cattle of the field and with the beast the king of the beast is the lion the king of the cow is the ox. The king of the bird, all through the Bible, is the eagle, and man. Well, this! I believe that when, As- when Assyria carried Northern Israel away, these are Assyrian cherubim, C H E R A B I M. I believe they stole this and polluted Israel with demons in Assyria, because this has the the body of a bull here the head of a man the body of a lion here the wings of an eagle the wings of an eagle these are the things that god formed his covenant with and then you've got the head of a man the body of a lion laying down this is the beast man the eagle the the eagle here the eagle's wings the lion's body here and you've got You can go online and get these I believe they were taken from Israel because when you get into you get into the temple the lion God says I'll form my covenant with the beast of the field, the fowl of the air and the cattle of the field, and man, king of the beast is the lion the fowl is the eagle and then the cattle is the bull that's why the body of the bull and then man this was here that was there before this was here you see what I'm saying then inside the inside the temple you had the veil and woven in the veil and was two beasts here and then on each end of the ark of the covenant was these cherub they called it cherub not cherub cherub and they their wings would extend over to touch the side of the of the tent and you had them woven in this fell i don't know whether there was four faces on the end of The Ark of the Covenant, or if there was one, a man, an eagle, a lion, and an ox. I don't know how it was. Nobody knows. But the point is, that came out of Israel. So not only did they steal from Israel this, they inserted demons, demonology into Israel culture and society. That's where it comes from, out of the ancient world. I'll show you that. Let me read on here. The Greek term does not have any connotation of evil or malevolence. In fact, eudaimonia, good-spirited, a good demon, that's what it means. means happiness. The term first acquired its negative connotations in the Septuagint. I'm going to give you some things from the Septuagint. Translation of the Hebrew Bible, which drew on the mythology of ancient Semitic religions. This is where the demons comes from. This was then inherited by a text of the New Testament. The Hellenistic demons. Hellas was a term for Greece. But it was a term for culturalized Greece. C-U-L-T-U-R-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. The culturalization of Greece. That means Grecian. Grecian languages the corne the Glossa, the dialects don't have time to go into all that y'all have heard that before and then the philosophies when Paul wrote to all those Greek churches he used their terminology to get the message over to them he said I become a I come a Greek to the Greek, I become a Jew to the Jew. He didn't say it. He became. he said I became as a Greek to the Greek, as a Jew. I used their terminology so they could understand me. Let me read on here. Demon is still feared as popular superstition, largely due to their alleged power to possess living creatures. People think they can come down and get into your body. And that's a God that does that to you. Some scholars believe that the large portion of demonology of Judaism, a key influence on Christianity and Islam, originated from the later form of Zoroastrianism. I read that. And transferred to Judaism during the Persian era. This was the Assyrians, and that bled down. They were ruling the same people that the Assyrians were ruling. Now, let me read on here. All right this is very interesting because demons were called the living dead we've got a tv show for about that don't we we stop and think everybody that's non-elected that's not elect out here are actually the living dead aren't they trying to devour us they are ghouls a ghoul is one who eats live bodies they're trying to devour the living They developed this idea, claim that the concept of demons derived from the important relation of the living to the dead and that demons are always regarded as spirits of those who have died ancestors. That's what it was. Do do I believe my great-grandparents are walking around here in your body? No, I don't believe that. The people of the lie proves the identifying (laughs) characteristics of an evil person whom he classified as having a character disorder. Now, let me get to some interesting things. According to the Jewish encyclopedia, in Chaldean mythology, the seven evil deities were known as Shedu. S-H-E-D-U. That is a Hebrew word in the Old Testament and that's where all this demon stuff comes from Shedu uh, it will be written and pronounced as shed here's what they called them shed that's mentioned twice in scripture twice but in order to understand what it really means, you've got to go back to LXX. That is the word Septuagint. Septuagint. The Septuagint was translated by seventy translators. Seven seven this is Roman numeral for seventy and 70 men translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek. And they did that around 200 B.C. And the reason for that was because Alexander the Great ruled the civilized world of the Mediterranean from around 332 until around 320 or 318 somewhere in that neighborhood and so he had all of the world speaking Greek languages the glossa, the dialects and they said well since we've got the whole world speaking different forms of the Greek language we need to put the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek and they translated it and these were brilliant scholars the Septuagint is considered one of the best translations Septuagint considered one of the best translations from one language to another of anything that's ever been translated by every authority that you can think of so in 200 BC they said they translated the Septuagint and you've got this word shed and i've got a copy of the septuagint i looked at it before i came here and looked at some of these words turn your bible over to over to well, let me see here turn your bible over to isaiah 13 21 There's several words for it that have been translated deamonion in the Septuagint. This is long before, long before the New Testament was even in the making. Long before. 200 years before Jesus was born. So look here in Isaiah 13 and look here in verse 21. I'm gonna give you a couple of words. Now this is a different word. Thirteen twenty-one. All right. But wild beast is talking about the destruction of Babylon. This is where Cyrus comes in and levels Babylon because God wanted the Persians in there so it could touch the heart of the Persian kings, Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes to give these four decrees to go back and rebuild the temple and the city. The city is by Artaxerxes. That's the last decree that was given. So this is the destruction of Babylon. You can look up the, look up at the verses before. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through. This is Cyrus coming in to destroy Babylon. And everyone that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. And their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives ravished. That word ravished shall go means raped. And God says, I'm the one that's bringing them in here. You had no pity for... People say, God wouldn't do that. Yes, He would. You had no pity for me. He said, I'll have none for you. I'll turn these people over. I'll turn you over to these people. And I'll withdraw my staying hand. And they'll do everything to you they want to do. And then He says, "The Babylon, Babylon, the glory of kingdoms... <laughs> the beauty of the Chaldee's excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. there'll be nothing left. And here's what will be Babylon before it's over with. It shall never be inhabited again. Now when Saddam Hussein said he was going to rebuild Babylon on the Euphrates River, I'm sorry, but the Bible says he wasn't going to do it and that's why he got killed by the American government. They didn't know they were working in God's hand, did they? It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there, but wild beasts of the desert shall lie there. Now, this is a verse in the Bible where they get the word. They get the word of daemonion. This is one of the words that's translated the word daemonion and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures and owls shall dwell there and satyrs shall dance there. Satyrs. Now the word satyr there's two words that have been translated into daemonia or daemonion out of the in the Septuagint. This is one of them. This is the word serim s-e-r-i-m in the Hebrew, but when the translators translated satyr, this is utterly amazing, the way it connects. They translated, this is, satyrs were supposed to be mythological creatures that danced around on hooves, and you've seen pictures of them, and they had a pan flute. Pan was one of the gods of the ancient world. We we was the guy that was on TV advertising with a pan, Zafir or some name like that. And they had a pan flute. They said these were mythological creatures, but the Bible says they'll dance there. Some of the ancient archaeologists have found critters, animals of some sort, that had hooves on their feet and stood up on their hind legs and were animals in that area of... What we call Iraq or Babylon, but when they translated this, satyr is the same word all through the Old Testament. Is goat. When you think of Satan, you think of a goat, don't you? And every time you have the word goat in Leviticus, that this I, I'm going to come back to this. Leviticus 16th chapter you have two goats taken, two serum, S-E-R-I-M, two serum taken, and when they translated serim, they translated it D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A, demonia. It comes to the word demon or demonion. This is where the demon thing comes from. Not only this, but also... The word shed. I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Let me give you another verse on this. Isaiah 34 and 14. 34 and 14. You say, Jim, I can't understand all that. I wanted to get, get you to understand where this comes from. Get the gist of it. Get the implication of it. 34, 14. And I, if I went into the scapegoat, that would take me into casting out demons. That's amazing. It's just it's going like, like that. Let me do that before I go to this other verse. Let me go over here to, to Leviticus sixteen. Leviticus sixteen. This will help you see what Jesus was talking about when he spoke of the scapegoat. Leviticus 16, verse 5, He shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of serim, two kids of demonia, demons. This is where people get the idea that Satan comes on as a goat. Even in a pentagram, An upside-down pentagram. They say this is the beard of Satan and this is his horns up here. You've seen that in the upside-down pentagram. And they call that the goat or Satan. And it's supposed to be a satanic sign. It's nothing but myth from the Old Testament. And so he takes two kids of goats. I'll just tell you what this is about. The only place you're going to find the scapegoat in the old testament this word scapegoat is the word azazel that's an old ancient term for satan azazel that was the scapegoat they took one goat they cast lots for the goats and the one that did put their the one that was to be offered as a sacrifice was put on the altar he was killed and put on the sprinkled the blood on the day of atonement it was the blood of a goat not the blood of a lamb on the tenth day of the seventh month to sprinkle the blood of the goat on the altar and the scapegoat they took him outside the camp and they had leaders they would drive him over to this one person drive him to another person out in the desert then they'd drive him to another person some say they don't know what happened to him some say that they drove him off a cliff where he broke his neck and died that's the same thing as casting out devils go over here to luke you cannot divorce one part of the scripture from the other that means to separate luke 11 i i didn't know how i was going to say this to everybody it's so much information, I may just have to take my time and go through it and say it over and over again so you can see the picture. Luke 11. Luke 11. And Jesus is talking about casting out devils. Remember, to be possessed with a devil is the word D A I M O. O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Demonizomai. That's the word cast out devils. It's the word possessed with devils. It's actually the word possessed with devils. And that means to be insane. I've got that in several sources. To be insane. It goes back to the man in Luke 8. Luke 8, and also Mark 5, and Matthew 8. Same man. Same man. Over here in in Matthew 8, it says there were two of these men. Jesus only addresses one of them. In Mark 5, he's running through the tombs, cutting himself all over, and acting like he's crazy, and he is crazy. And over in Luke 8, the Bible says... He was possessed with devils. He was insane. When Jesus cast out self into the swine, the people he, the people from the town came out and found him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. He was naked, running through the tomb, screaming and yelling, cutting himself. He was nuts. He was possessed with devils. He was insane when he came to his right mind. So for nail S-O-P-H-R-O-N-E-O Sane Mind He's sane now so what happened? What was in his mind he put in the pigs. What did he put in the pigs? Self. If you put the desire for self in an animal what God is saying this is not even natural to an animal they'll kill themselves. You say God wouldn't transgress the laws of nature he just did right before that he was in a boat in the the boat was swaying in the storm. And the, the apostles come and say, Lord, cares thou not that we perish? And he just sat up in the boat and went, Shh, and the storm stopped. Boy, what a God we serve. Man. Now, look here. So the man was insane. So itself... Casting out devils it's being full of yourself. I've said that so many times. I say he's full of himself. Have you ever been full of yourself? Let <laughs> me raise both hands. Boy, I wanted me more than I wanted anything when I was 30. I ought to be a star one day and famous. I didn't know that famous people were enemies of God. If you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. You can't be a star and have big hit records. You can't. Bless you, you when men shall reproach you. Oni, Oni, Edzo, O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. Jim Brown, if you'd learned that long time ago. Infamous. You're, you're blessed when you're infamous. You're never blessed when you're famous. you got famous hit records. You're in trouble with God. All you famous people out there, you'll go to hell if you're friends with the world. Friends of the world are enemies of God. James four and four. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, and you're real famous. I was looking at the richest country singers last night on internet. Those people are going to hell. And they're people you know their names. And they got hundreds of millions of dollars. Wouldn't trade places them for anything. Look here in Luke eleven. So we've got in mind the scapegoat, right? The serim. Two words, shed, and the serim, are two words that they translated, daemonion or daemonia. Demon. I'll get back to the other word in a minute. All right. Look here in Luke 11. Now here's how devils are cast out. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, cast out devils, cast out Demonion, cast out self, then is the kingdom of God come unto you. What is the kingdom of God? It is Israel. Who was their king over there in Hosea, the 13th chapter? He says, God was your king. Over there in the 12th chapter of First Samuel, Samuel said, you desired a king to rule among you when God was your king. If Jesus was the king of the Jews, he was the God of the Old Testament. He said he was when he said... Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and they said you're not even 50 years old you've seen God he said before Abraham was I am the I am God of the Old Testament they took up stones to stone him and made himself equal with the I am God of the Old Testament but if I would the finger of God cast out devils gosh I got so many things to say on that there in Deuteronomy 9 and 10 God gave to Moses two tables of stone written with the finger of God exodus twenty four and twelve I will give thee tables of stone which I have written exodus thirty one eighteen God gave to Moses two tables of testimony written with the finger of God. The law was written on tables of stone. Now the law is written. And notice who does the writing. God does the writing. You can't do the writing. You can't cast out devils. Second Corinthians 3, 2 and 3. You are the epistle. He told the Corinthians, you're an epistle written in our hearts, known and read of men. Your life is an epistle. The way you live is in front of men. Epistles of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone any longer, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Oh, then that makes us spiritual Israel, doesn't it? And then Hebrews 8 and 10. This is the covenant that I will put my laws in the hearts and the minds of my true covenant people and write them in their hearts, and I will be a God to them, and they shall be to me a people. And then in Hebrews 10 and 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And Romans 5 and 5. Hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That's agape. The Love is agape. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. This is a copy that we walked after his commandments, just Second John 6. Commandments. I just command to, commands. I'm getting in a hurry. Commandments. So it's written in place and tables of my heart. Shed abroad is the word ekkeo. E K C H E O. That's the same word that's used in Acts, the second chapter, when the Lord poured out. Of his spirit on all flesh, red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh, poured out, it means to gush out, and that's the way He wrote upon our hearts, and that makes us spiritual Israel, doesn't it? Now, let me get back to this. This takes us back, this connects New Testament was the scapegoat right here. If I were the finger of God cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God is coming to you. What did Jesus say in Luke 17 when the apostles asked him, Are you going to restore the kingdom of God at this time? He said, The kingdom of God is in you. How is that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's the king. He's living in us. That's why we have such a hard time with the man that wants to rebel against him. Have I had a hard time? Oh, yeah. Gosh. God help me. Get over me. That's been my biggest problem. Then he says, i got to connect this with Matthew. Hold your place right here. We'll come right back to it. Matthew, the 12th chapter. I've got two chapters, Matthew 8 and Matthew 12. So we're talking about casting out devils. How is that? So this man in... This... Jesus is casting out devils here in Matthew 12. Up here in... And the Pharisees accused him of casting out devils by Beelzebub, another name for Satan. Verse 27, he said, If I cast out... If by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God... Well, isn't that the same thing that... Luke is saying, if I cast out devils with the finger of God, what does God write upon our hearts? His truth, His word. The Bible says, Thy word is truth. Word of God is truth. And the Holy Spirit is truth. And that's when He writes upon fleshy tables of our heart. Can you see that? And that goes with chapter 8 of Matthew When evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. They were insane. Verse 16. And he cast out the spirits with his word. He's the one that does the casting out. We don't. And healed all that were sick. Now let's go back to Luke 11. Luke 11 has to do with the scapegoat. Casting out devils is driving the scapegoat out of your life. Look at verse, let's read 20 again. If I cast out, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is coming to you. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, the strong man armed is self. That's you. Keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger Christ comes in, he shall come upon him and overcome him. That's interesting. Overcome is the verb form of faith. I mean, victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Overcome is the word nikao. N-I-K-A-O. Victory is n i k e, nike, nike is the vict- victory. Oh, nikao is overcome. So anytime you see overcome, you can just think of victory. And faith is the victory in the fifth chapter of First John that overcomes the world. Faith. So when the stronger man comes into the house, that's Christ coming into our house. Whose house are we? Christ is the son of his own house. Whose house are you and I as believers? He taketh from him all his armor, all your stuff, your health, your cars, your houses, your self-esteem. Boy, God ripped me down to nothing in my mid-forties when he stuck me in the hospital and was killing me. And I sat up on the side of the bed and I said, Lord, if I don't stop trying to be rich and famous, you're going to kill me. I give up. But it was a lot of years of growing. I didn't just come out of it all of a sudden. I fought myself for years. Wherein he trusted, he used to trust in his goods and divided his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me Scattereth. That word scatter is the verb form. Scorpio Scorpio S K O R P I Z O. That's the verb form of Scorpion. S K O R P I O S. And how long would it take me to go over that in ninth chapter of Revelation? Explain that. Scorpions are false teachers. Ezekiel the second chapter Ezekiel, you dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words. So, when you see scatter, you think of false teachers. When the unclean spirit, oh, we figured out that was a demon in Mark the first chapter, didn't we? Jesus rebuked him that had the unclean spirit, but he had an unclean demon in Luke the fourth chapter. De a demon. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, this is when you boy, I could stay on this all day long. This is when you first come to Christ. Here you are. You're brand new in the faith. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the and the scapegoat is driven, they laid their hands upon the scapegoat and more or less An example of transferring their sins to the head of the scapegoat and then they drove him out in the wilderness and he was not allowed to come back because if he came back he'd bring the sins seven times more upon Israel. And that's what he says here. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man he walketh through dry places. Ooh, that's bad. See, when the unclean spirit goes out we have to have Living water. Things are not dry then. Anytime you see rivers of living waters. Jesus said, I told the woman, "I'll, I'll give you rivers of living water and you'll never thirst again there in John 4. You'll never thirst. When the Bible says in the 10th chapter of Matthew, anyone who, well let me read that to you. 10th chapter of Matthew. Most people don't even know what this means when they read it. I've heard people talk all over it. The last, down at the very end of the chapter, 10th chapter, verse 42. Whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, speaking of the lambs of the flock, a cup of cold water. There wasn't no cold water in Israel. To get cold water, you had to go to one of those deep wells that they called all running water in Israel coming down from the mountain. It was cold. They called that living water. So cold water, when when Jesus went to the well of Samaria and told the woman, I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. She said, how can you do that? You have nothing to draw with. The well is very deep. She was talking about Jacob's well. Down there was some cold water. And he said, I'm not talking about that well. I'm talking about the Spirit. That's the living water. So you're going to have to take everywhere you've got running water in the Scripture. When there's a river of water flowing out of the throne of God in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, what is the throne of God all through the, all through the Scripture? Our hearts. There's living water flowing out of our hearts, coming out of our mouths. And we are, and the throne all through the book of Revelation is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was sprinkled and our hearts are sprinkled. So the, anywhere you see rivers of living water, it's talking about coming out of our hearts, from our mouths. I'm not going to take time to go there. I'll just say some of these things and let you get a hold of it as you can. So he says here in Matthew, where was I going? chapter 10 oh yeah okay he says whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones always the Lord's talking about us as little ones his baby lambs a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily I say unto you he shall in no wise lose his reward so if you think go around give people a drink of water out of a cup that's not what he's talking about it's talking about living water, cold water. Now go back over here to all this goes together. Can you see that? It's like let's get back here to Luke eleven. When the unclean spirit go out of a man, that's casting out devils by the finger of God. That's casting out devils by the spirit of God. How much time do I have, Mike? Twenty. I'm not getting far in this. He walketh through dry places. That is the worst thing that can happen to a believer. Seeking rest. Seeking the Sabbath. (laughs) Anaposis. A-N-A-P-A-U-S-I-S. Cautaposis is the word is the rest that you have on the Sabbath remember that to settle down to settle up or to rest and finding no rest and no living water this is the same thing as letting the scapegoat come back from the wilderness and come into your camp and defile the camp listen to what he says and finding none he saith I will return into my house whence I came out this will be the demon of self wanting to come back into your house and when he cometh he findeth it swept and garnished and he pollutes it again then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. It's talking about the scapegoat coming back into camp, which they were not allowed that to happen. You know what this reminds me of? Let me read the end of it. They enter in and dwell there within you. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Whew, boy, that's an indictment on all of us. That's like... It's the same thing that Hebrews 6 chapters is telling us about. I brought this up the other day. Hebrews 6. Look there real quick. Hebrews 6. But you can't read Hebrews the 6th chapter without looking at the end of the 5th chapter. Hebrews 6. I didn't know how. I, I can't get all of this in in one lesson. It's just too much. I'll come back to it next Wednesday. Hebrews 6. That's the same thing as the scapegoat coming back into camp. Can you see that's what that's about? If you're going along and God has convicted your heart to be a believer. Hebrews 6. And you're going along in life. Here you are in your life. And God brings you to a place of conviction. Maybe right here. And you go in your life, and you have no in depth teaching. In depth teaching. No teleos. No teleotes. No perfectness. Perfect which means maturity be therefore perfect maturity you don't you don't grow in the faith you don't leave the basics that you first got when you first heard the truth and that's what this says then what you end up doing you end up going back into your old house and polluting it seven times I did that. My father never preached any depth of truth. I didn't have any idea what the Bible meant. I wanted to learn the Bible at 17 years old. and I started reading, and I'd read, and I'd quit, and I'd read, and I'd quit, and I'd read, and quit, and read, and quit, and read, and quit, until some things started to come together. I'd go for long periods of time without reading. I didn't know what to do. Had no instructor. My father would take that as an insult when he knew very little about the Bible. Never talked about repentance, daily cross, self-denial, daily dying. Didn't ever say that. Therefore, therefore is a conjunction. You can't start a sentence with therefore. You have to look back at the previous chapter. And he says in the previous chapter, verse 13, Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word. Well, i got to back up to verse 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. You should be teachers by now. But you're not because you haven't grown. Because you've had a shallow teaching. Which are the first principles the oracles of God and have become such as who have need of milk and not strong meat. Strong meat is the word stereos looks like stereo. Stereos. It means stiff beefsteak. That's what you need. What I'm teaching right here, right now, whenever I go through Revelation, I go through the 70 weeks of Daniel. You've got to grow in these truths. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the Word of God. This is what leads us to that sixth chapter is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. For strong meat, stereos, beefsteak, belongs to those who are of teleos, full age, grown up. You have to be mature. That's what it means. Even those who by reason of use have their senses Exercised gumnadzo, which we got our word gym from that gumnadzo. Exercise. Our word gym comes from that G Y M. To discern good and evil. If you don't go on into perfection, you'll be drugged back into sin. That's what the next verse says. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, doctrine, didache, means instruction, leaving the basics that you learned that brought you to conversion, let us go on to teleates, to complete maturity. Let's go. That's what the word is. Let us go on to perfection, teleates, not laying again the foundations of repentance and of dead works and faith toward God, of doctrines, of baptisms, of laying on our hands and of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Let's leave on and let's get into stronger truth that will grow. You know these things. And this will we do if God permits us to do that. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, you're enlightened here, if they fall away. He says they were once in light. You were made and you've tasted of the heavenly gift of and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the truth. You were made partakers of the truth. If have tasted of the good word of God, you've tasted it, you're a believer, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away. Parapipto Para P I P T O. This is the same thing that's going on in Luke eleven, where the straw man goes back to his house and he's seven times worse. If he falls away Has anybody done that besides me? Boy I'm so ashamed of the way I've lived in the gospel music world, a bunch of heathens. If they fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. He's saying, if you fall away, you can't go back to where your repentance was brand spanking new. You have to live with sin in your life, with the memory of it. If they fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, sing... They crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, cannot crucify Christ to flesh and put Him to an open shame. That's exactly what Luke 11 is talking about. When When the goat has been cast out and he doesn't go into the Holy Spirit, you notice the living water is equated to this living water or the dry places is equated to this being made perfect here in. You can't have brand new. It doesn't mean you can't repent. But you can't have it new. you got to live with this sin in your past. Oh, I've done that. I am ashamed of that. So can you see this is equivalent to that man in Luke? Can you see that? now let me get back to this paper that I was going to give you on the shed I want you to go to Deuteronomy 32 17 so everywhere you find the word goat even hairy man it means a hairy creature it's that word S-E-R-I-M goats that's why Satan is compared with a goat Because it was a goat that was offered on the altar on the Day of Atonement. It was a scapegoat, Azazel, that was driven into the wilderness. And look here in Deuteronomy 32. Well, I'm not flipping. I'm sitting here thinking. Deuteronomy 32 and 17 so everywhere you find ghosts that's the word serim that they translated to diabolos I mean excuse me demonion they translated to demon in the Septuagint 200 years before there was a King James Bible even begun to be lived out ok Deuteronomy 30, 32 and 17 32 and 17. Speaking of Israel, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God. Talking, this was an indictment against Israel. The word devils is the word shed. It was translated into a form in the Septuagint D A I M O N I A demonia it's a form of demonion demon that's where it comes from and look over here in psalms 106 well let me finish reading that verse they sacrificed unto demons not to god that's what israel did to gods whom they knew not and to new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not now go over here to Psalms. This is the two times that shed is mentioned in the Old Testament. Psalms one hundred and six thirty seven. Every time goat is mentioned, the scapegoat, a hairy man. It was all that always oh, that word serim in the Septuagint, and those guys knew what they were doing. It was some of the best some of the best translation ever Psalms 106 37 here's that word shed again mentioned twice in the Old Testament let's talk about Israel you can read through this whole chapter how they went to Baal Peor in verse 28 and provoked God angry with their inventions and how that they angered him in verse 32 At the waters of strife, they angered God, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked His spirit. I preached on this recently. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded to destroy all these Amorites and these Ammonites and Hittites and Perizzites. God said, "Drive them out. Do not have anything to do with them." And they married them. Good grief, Israel! Good grief, America. They were mingled among the heathen. This is talking about Israel. You want to read a whole chapter, 106, what Israel did, the whole story? Read it here. You can read it also in Acts, the 7th chapter. The old story of Israel. And they served their idols. I believe that word idol is translated demonion in the Septuagint which they were snared unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto shed. Demonion. Demons. You want to know where it comes from? It comes from the heathenism of the ancient world. You think those people invented that? That's what it... It was their vain imagination, wasn't it? And I've got a paper you can get you can take all of these gods. i got to tell you about Solomon and the demons. I can't do that today. I'll do that Wednesday. Man, it's astounding where all this stuff, this documentation comes from. It's insanity what man has done with this superstition. When they said, let us make us a name... The Bible says right after that now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. It's their imagination. Ain't no demons. There's self. Self has to go. If self doesn't go, we will end up back in sin, putting Christ to an open shame, crucifying God christ afresh and then we'll come back we'll have to be ashamed of that part of our life now god will forgive it and he can't remember it and guess what we can't forget it because we feel so bad about what we've done don't we boy if preachers would preach this they might humble their congregation instead of trying to give them a feel-good gospel <coughs> i i can't handle the preachers in the world if they knew where demons come from one famous preacher says the demons are coming up out of the bottomless pit and that's what the scorpions are you're ignorant the the demons are imagination the scorpions are false teachers And it's not bottomless pit. It's a place of no knowledge. Abusas. How in the world men can believe the things they believe? I'll read just a little bit. Rabbinical demonology has three classes of demons, though they are scarcely separable one from another. There were the Shadim, or the Shed, the Mezakim, Harmers, the Ruhim, spirits the Lilim L-I-L-I-N you know what that that reminds me of Lilith Lilith was the second wife of Adam (coughs) did you know that in mythology she's Adam's second wife how did Adam have two wives well he had one that was completely innocent and when she fell Eve was the first, well, I'll put it this way. The serpent was the first demon. He was distributing fortunes to Eve from the tree. So when she, she was an innocent woman before she sinned. And she was Lilith after she had sinned. And Lilith, Lilith was called the mother of the demons. Mm. Boy. I want to go further in this. I don't know how I can. Because if I get further... Do I have any time, Mike? Two. Two. minutes. I want to show you about Adam... I mean, Adam. Solomon and the Demons. It's the story of an old movie I saw. It would really express this great... It's called The Brass Bottle. Out of the... Out of the... 60s, it was with Burl Ives, and, and Barbara Eden was in it, but she wasn't the genie. Burl Ives was the genie, and he kept talking all through the movie about the blue gen, J-I-N-N, and he kept talking about Solomon and the blue gen. Evidently, the genies were a huge number. Of course, all the They said that the demons came in hordes. They came in that's why the men said I have legion, legion in me, I've got at least three thousand demons in me. Who, Who told him that? And where did he get that? Where did he go study his get his doctorate of demonology? What seminary? Is that ridiculous? And Jesus is going to believe this nut? He didn't believe him. And he didn't say what is your name. He said, "T so estin onoma." What T interrogative. What represents this authority in your life that you're worshiping? He said, "Legion. I got all these three thousand demons. A legion was three thousand at one time, and it was that's how many was in a legion of Roman soldiers, and they later on." increased it to six thousand so maybe he was saying i got six thousand demons how did he know did he count them one two three four five six seven eight nine ten it's just it's answering jesus like that is kind of stupid isn't it i would have said what do you mean (laughs) i wouldn't wouldn't have said "Legion." well i'm out of time i'm going to come back and i've gotten into something i've never i've been seeing parts of this for some time Particularly if I cast out devils by the finger of God. I saw that years ago. And then I began to see that that was the scapegoat driven out. And I began to see when I started translating these words, I went, wow. I didn't, I'm kind of, the first time I teach at something like this, I stumble a lot then I get it more and more together and keep teaching it and I start seeing it fully myself. But to me, this is magnificent meshing together of the Scripture. Just like... And people who say they don't believe the Bible, they're either stupid or they're just right out ignorant. Because you can't have the Bible being this synthesized together and not be true. Let's pray, Father. Thank you for truth. God, help me continue to teach these words. I don't even know what to ask for, Lord. I feel so inadequate and so unworthy. I keep wondering when you're going to send an angel down here to teach us and make all this clear. Lord, I, I just, I sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. we got many battles. Lord, fight all of our battles. Help the people here to grow and be mature. Teleos. We'll praise you for everything. We thank you for truth above everything. Give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Trying to get through this has been a chore for me. I don't believe those who are Syrian cherub. I believe they belong to Israel. They didn't invent anything. They stole everything from God. So Esau would be a picture of escape too? Esau, yeah, I guess he would. The first birth must be driven out? Yeah, the first birth has to be driven away like all these second borns you got Abel second born you got Jacob second born you got Ephraim second born these are the ones that received the blessing you got Abel second born you got Ephraim was the second born of Joseph and he got all the inheritance of Israel and Jesus was the second born in the flesh not to take from his deity he was the only begotten of God but he, God said Israel is my son even my first born it was Jesus was the second Adam. Yes, that's, that's what exactly I was about to say. He was the second Adam. first Adam has to be driven out. Yeah, that it. that's it. It's, it all fits together, doesn't it? It's It's one word. That's what the Bible is. I wanted to get into the scapegoat and get into... I hope I don't explode.
1: Huh? I hope I don't
0: explode one day. i tell you, it just... It is it's fantastic that God has got these things that we can see. I can't believe John MacArthur says that those locusts coming up out of the bottomless pit was a, was demons. Huh? Sometimes it's so enjoyable and then other times it's just it just goes on. Sometimes he teaches good and sometimes he is just you wanna see him talk in a circle, go online and look up his question and answer sessions. Sometimes it's terrible. Radio lesson, it's pretty good. The answer things are oh, they are bad because sometimes true. he has no idea what he's talking about. Sounds like Arthur He sounds like Arthur Murray, like, Arthur Murray or like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why. Gonna like well, that. I'm going to stay on this subject because I can't get away from it. Wow. I have. No, I've traveled as a gospel singer in Pentecostal churches and I've seen a hundred people wallowing on the floor and they say we've got to cast the day demon out of him come out thou foul spirit just stupid stuff and usually it's always some poor lady in a real cheap print dress and she don't have any money and she wants attention